This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I, I don't really want to talk about it that much because I'm not the right person to speak about it. But we know definitely that we're in the times of Mashiach, that's for sure. A lot of Holocaust survivors said they've heard that before. But Lamai said this is very different. This is not just against Klai Yisrael. This is against Eretz Yisrael. This is against Yerushalayim. This is against Harabayas. This is against where Rakedas Yitzchak was, where the Beis HaMikdash was, where the creation of the world was. So anyone who has any brains, who has any eyes in his head, so to say, can see that this is um, not just about Jews. It's about Eretz Yisrael. It's about Harabayas. Right now, on my way here, just now, I don't re- I don't have uh, yeshiva news or anything. I have a I practice what I preach. I have a little what they call um, they call the other phone smartphones. So my phone is a very learning disabled phone. And on um, the way here, I got a call that the Arabs now just burnt down the um, the kever of of Yosef Atzadik. So yeah, they're messing they're messing with things they shouldn't be messing with. But Lemaisa, Lemaisa, there's a Zoya. I believe it's in Pasha's Truma, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's in Pasha's Tazriya, I think it's in Pasha's Truma. And it's a Zoya that talks about Mashiach. The Gemara says that Mashiach is going to come. Matzei Shemitah. We're in Matzei Shemitah. That there's going to be war. During the whole time of of the of the of Shemitah, which there has been in Syria, I mean everyone knows the news. I don't have to give you the news, but the Zayir is very scary because the Zayir says that once Mashiach reveals himself, you cannot do tshuva anymore. The Ferish Zayir, but the minute he reveals himself, everybody's going to want to do tshuva at that point. The tshuva will not be accepted. Why? Because their bechira will be sort of taken away from them. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to only do tshuva because they saw Mashiach. But says the Kashbach will not accept their tshuva anymore. So it's not really a time to be playing around and saying, "I'll do." Ah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if this is the real thing. Ah, well, then we'll then we'll do tshuva. You know, if something happens in Israel, I mean, Rav Chaim spoke, Rav Chaim Kainevsky spoke. I don't know if they quoted him exactly or they didn't quote him exactly, but he's been talking about Mashiach for the last year and a half, two years. I actually was at the other end of this. Um, you know, he told me to move to Israel, whatever it is, and, and I told him what I do, whatever it is. So I sort of got a hector at the end of the conversation. But um, he was like, he, this is it's happening. And he just said, now that it's happening. And... Um, it's happening. It's happening. So, you know, Klai thinking, okay, we'll, we'll sit back. It's happened before. People in the Holocaust thought Mashiach was coming. He didn't show up. People in the Spanish position thought Mashiach was coming. He didn't show up. So we'll sit back. First of all, we have to see what happens with the Mets. Because Mashiach comes today, then they, we don't know if they're in the playoff. You know, we, they finally got into the World Series after all these years, maybe. Maybe, right? So we have to wait. People tell me, like, you know, Mashiach should come. We should wait till after they win the World Series. Everybody has their... I have another friend that's in the middle of a huge real estate deal. He's like, he can't come now. Not not yet. We didn't close. We didn't close, right? Everybody has their own program for Mashiach. But Lemaisa, Lemaisa, you can't wait. Because if he's Megali himself, 
at the end of this year, you can't do tshuva. It's too late. I'll show you the Zayar. It says it very clearly. And the Chidah brings down that that only one-fifth, the Chamushim Alu, that one-fifth came out of Mitzrayim, and that only one-fifth is, is going to come out of this, out of the Gullus of, of, of that we're in. And when Mashiach comes, only one-fifth of the Jewish nation will, will be left alive, which is, sounds very, um, very drastic. But we see that it happened in Mitzrayim, and happens to be that right now, one-fifth of the Jewish world, according to the Pew Report, is Shem is, is, is Take the whole Jewish world, exactly one-fifth of the Jewish world today is Shem HaShavos. I, I, it's very hard for me to accept. I don't know if, if some of you heard the boy that was 15 years old that was dead for a couple of minutes, and there's a whole video of him speaking, a, a boy in Eretz Yisrael who was totally not from, who never went to yeshiva, who never learned the word, I mean, like real, really not. How did they call that? Eretz Yisrael is the word for it. What do you call a kid that someone that's not from? What? A chiloni, right? A total chiloni, right? And he comes out of a coma and he starts talking about what he saw in the next world. He starts talk, he starts talking about the war of Gaigo Magog. He was sitting in front of Ramesha Feinstein. There's no way that this Israeli chiloni kid ever knew what Ramesha Feinstein was. And he starts describing him when you listen to him speak that he was short and his beard and Avadi Yosef and who his bezdin was. It's a very scary tape. Um, and at the end of the tape, he talks about what's coming up and, and it's pretty fascinating do I believe that do I believe it's true or it's not true so, so the, I believe that he definitely saw that do I believe that it's correct what he saw so we know that when you're that we know that the other side um, has the Kayach of Dimyon and many times they trick us so it's very possible that whatever he saw was not from the was from the other side and they led him to you know come back and say this but Lemaisa if you hear what he speaks about for an hour and ten minutes, this Chiloni kid, it's, it's, he, he, talks, he talks all the Nevi'im, he talks Gemara, he talks about things that it's impossible to talk about unless you, were, unless, unless you saw it. So, um, how many people is he going to make from? I told the guys in my share Tuesday night, if you believe, you don't, need to, you don't need to hear this kid talk. If you don't believe, with him talking, you won't believe. As long as this is the way it works. But Lemaisa, the only thing I really want to say about it is that don't wait, don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late to do tshuva. Because the minute he reveals himself, that's it. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, too late. I saw the Zayar myself. And the, it's a very scary Zayar because it says that Yishmael is actually going to win. And for 12, for, for 12 months or 13 months, the Zayar says they're going, to run, they're going to run the world. And, and it's going to look like that they're the, one, they're the chosen nation. And the people in Klai Yisrael that are going to hold on, and they're going to have a Muna on a Kosh Baruch Hu, that's what's going to save us. What's going to every Jew that has a Muna, so he desire speaks about that the Zman of, of of Mashiach. What you need to work on the most is your Muna. A little bit we're going to talk about tonight. The most that you have to work on your Muna, you're going to talk a sea. They have the oil, they have the missiles, they have the power. You know, this kid came back. You know what he said? He said, and, and this how you this how you know that Lamaisi did see something. So what he said is, the Mashiach is here. And then he's about tshuva, which the Zayar says is going to be a, a person who's about tshuva, because the Satan, just like the seed of David Amelech, came through Lot's daughters in this whole story, and everybody asked, why did it have to be Lot's daughters with the father, and such a terrible way of coming to the world, 
right? That's how David came to the world through Rus, such a terrible way. And and, and the Zayar says because the Satan is always looking for his nemesis, the one who's going to kill him. He's always looking for the neshama of this is Mishayish Zayar um, of the neshama of Mashiach. So Akush Bochum brought it through a way he would never dream of looking at a relationship between the father and his daughters and then Rus and all this stuff. He would never dream of looking there. So. Hashem sort of snuck it in. Of course, when you learn it, you have a kasha. What do you mean? Hashem has to fool the sata. He's, he's God. The end of the, there, there, there seems to be a teva in the way it works in Shemayim also. There's a certain normal way that it works in Shemayim. So, so it, it says in the Zaya that, that the person is going to come from the place that you do not expect. From a Baal Tshuva, that's the Lushan that he uses. So this kid comes back and he says, I saw, I saw the tape. He says, Mashiach's here and he's a Baal Tshuva. And he has, since he started the tshuva, he hasn't done a sin. He, people know him. They don't know he's Mashiach. People know him. And he has done a lot of kiruv. Don't look at me. I'm a client. I'm definitely not Mashiach. So that's, <laughs> that's out of the question. I have to tell you, I have to tell you my father was what kind of client he was. He said, if, if Akash Baruch revealed to him, to my father, that you're Mashiach, right? My father said, it's impossible. I'm a client. He said he, he would rather be a client than be a Mashiach. That's the kind of that's the kind of kahuna he has. So so Hashem made sure that Wallace would never think even that he's Mashiach because he made sure that I was a client. So I don't even have I don't have that having minute. But listen to what the boy says. The boy says that when Mashiach will reveal himself, he'll be wearing a robe. And this will be a robe that on the robe, every name of every of every Jew that ever was killed, the shame Shemaim, all the six million right? will be written in the robe in blood. The Zoya in Pasha's Truma says that every single day, Hashem takes out a robe. A robe with names written in blood. Whoever died, the Shem Shemayim, because he was a Jew. And he takes out this robe, and he puts it on Mashiach. I'll show it to you. And he puts it on Mashiach, and Mashiach wears it for whatever amount of time in Shemayim, a small amount of time. And Hashem says... That when you reveal yourself, this is the robe that you're going to be wearing. Now, how does a 15-year-old Chiloni know that Zaya? And that's exactly what this kid said. He's going to be wearing a robe. He says, it's trash sort. It's like, it's like, so there's something going on over here. There's something going on over here. And it's mamish the words of the Zaya. Every day Hashem wears that, takes that robe out and puts it on a shirt. He says, every name on here, every guy that ever did, every name will be revenged. The favorite is So, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't tell you what I, you know, that why would Hashem give this Nevi'a to, to a 15 year old Chiloni? I don't know. I have no idea. I have, there's a lot of questions that are not answered, but something's going on. Something's going on that the Arabs are, are burning Yosef Atzadik, who saved, I, I mean, I have my own opinion. They're burning Yosef. Kushboku is going to, Yosef Atzadik is the fire that's supposed to burn them. Not, they're, not, they're not supposed to burn him. But the mice, so my whole share tonight is really. The basis of my share is an Akara Satoiv. The one thing that a Baruch Hu does not wait for tshuva is a person who's a Kafri Toiv. So the person who's a Kafri Toiv, a person who's an ingrate, doesn't, doesn't appreciate, will never do tshuva. Which we'll see about the whole Mabla and everything that happened. We're going to learn this inside. So the worst thing that the Arabs could do is burn Yosef HaTzadik's kever. Why? Because what did he save? He saved all of them, right? At the times of Mitzrayim, Yosef HaTzadik saved the whole Arab world 
Otherwise, they would have starved had he not done the whole thing with the seven years putting away the food. So these kafui tithes, of all the people they're burning, right, all the kavarim they're burning, they're burning the one Jew who ended up saving Egypt and all the countries around it. There's going to be a pay for this. It's not, it's not Pashit. It's not Pashit what's going on. So we here in America, who think we're comfortable, have to know. Another thing this kid said, you have to watch this tape. It's amazing. On the bottom, at the end of this hour thing that he speaks, so they have a list of 15 things written in English that he said. So here's a kid who's a chiloni. He's 15 years old, right? He says, he says, so the war of Gog and Magog started. He says, Gog is Obama. What he says, he says, in Shemayim, the raid in Shemayim is that Obama is Gog. That's what he says. And he talks about a nuclear war. There's going to be two nuclear missiles that will hit Haifa and Tel Aviv. He talks about a lot of Jewish people will die. He talks, talks openly about this. And he says that whatever, it, the Tzahal, what he says, Tzahal, the Israeli army, will be wiped out in two days. He said there'll be no Tzahal, there'll be no Israeli flag. He said all that stuff is going to be washed away like it's nothing. He says, and the final war is going to be on Harzaisim. And Harzaisim is going to split. And on one side are going to be the Jews. And on the other side are going to be the Arabs. On the east side of Harzaisim will be the Arabs. All the Gaim will be coming up against Israel. They'll be destroyed. And on the west side of that, the half of Yerushalayim will be destroyed. And the other half of Yerushalayim will be saved. And the safest place in the whole world is on that half of Yerushalayim. Now here you have a Chiloni, right? We just had the, the Haftaira on Sukkis of Gaigai Magog, right? And in the Haftaira, what does it say? That the, that Harazesim will be split. By the way, everyone in this room, right now Harazesim is split. The part of Harazesim that has all the Kvarim, which is the west side of Harazesim, is ours. And the back side of Harazesim is East Jerusalem. So Harazesim is split, east and west. And east is fighting west. And this is, forget the kid. This is Taftari, take out Taftari, So we're Mamish living it. And if you, you know, if you want to be blind, you can be blind. And I, again, the people who went through the Holocaust are like, we've, we've heard this before. But we haven't seen that the, that the Harazasim was split. There's a lot of things that are written in the Madrish that are coming true. And the Gemara, which talks about the times of Mashiach, says very specifically that in the times of Mashiach, Fathers and sons, fathers and children will not get along, and children and fathers will not get along, and the children will have chutzpah like, like the, the face of a dog, whatever it is. It'll be a world full of chutzpah. Is there any more chutzpah ever since it, in the Holocaust there wasn't chutzpah? The world is full of chutzpah. We, you know, I, I had a girl in my office, so she's, she's very chutzpahnik to her parents. Talks. It's crazy how kids talk to parents today. So, so the, the parents brought this girl to talk to me. So she comes to the office, and they sit down, and she mamish is like nasty. She's really talking to her parents like really nasty. So her mother says to me, you know, we give her everything. I'm like, what's everything? She just turned 18, and they bought her a new Volvo. My father didn't buy me a new Volvo when I was 18. I don't know how many people in this room got a new Volvo when they were 18, right? So I was like, Try to, to be. So I said to her, "What? A new Volvo? And that's how you talk to your parents? I would bow down to your parents if they bought me a new Volvo." So she looks at me like I'm weird, and she says, "What's the big deal?" I'm like, "What's the big deal?" 
I didn't get a car, and it was a yeshiva shakar, right, that, that, that couldn't make it, like, to the, to the city to go to me. I broke down all the time. I didn't get a car till I was 20, right? And, and, and it was $150. I bought it off another guy in Mir Yeshiva. The whole car was $150, right? I'm like, I don't understand. Why, why, why don't you appreciate it? So she looks at me in the eye, and she goes, what are you talking about? I'm 18. It's my parents' job. It's my parents' job to get me a car. I'm like, I didn't know they worked for you. <laughs> so just go go, right? Not even, forget about a thank you. So there's a reason to be very sad. On the other hand, there's a reason to be very happy. Because Rabbi Akiva walked on the Makam HaMikdash and they were shualim, they were foxes, and everybody's laying on the floor crying. And he's laughing. Now why are you laughing? He said, because the Chaya Navi said this is going to happen. He said, but, but he also said, the second part, that we're going to be saved in the end. So if the first part's true, the second part's true. The first part doesn't happen, the second part's not happening. So the mice say, everything that the Gemara says, look at the Gemara. Everything the Gemara says is already true. It's already true. Now everything that the Zayar says is becoming true. And everything that the Navi said is true. So even though it's such hard times, but there's a, there's a reason to be a little happy. But that's if you did tshuva and you're going to be saved. If you didn't do tshuva and you're mali avainais and you don't change your life, there's nothing to be happy that Mashiach is coming. There's nothing to be happy about. Even though, really, the happiness of Mashiach is not being alive, the happiness of Mashiach is that Hashem Shechina will be misgala. That's re- really, it says, he brings down, he also brings it down, that a person who wants Mashiach for any other reason, that, that the Shechina should be Megala, right, and should be free, any other reason is called an Apikaris. <coughs> you want Mashiach because you want your grandfather who died, you want Tchiasamesim or someone's sick, and if Mashiach gets here in time, you know that person will be saved. You're an Apikaris, according, according to desire, according to May. The reason you really should want Mashiach is like, mm-hmm. Hashem, I don't care if we all die. I don't care if the whole world dies. The main thing is that they should see you. All these atheists, all these people who say you don't exist, it's time for everyone to see who you are. We're going to talk, I'm going to tell you a crazy story at the end of my share tonight on this, on this subject. Okay, so that's my little discussion about what's going on in, in current events. It's, it's scary, but I tell everyone, don't be scared, be prepared. Being scared is not going to help you at all. Be prepared. I'm telling you that I did Shuvah today. I did Shuvah. I was like, I said, like, I'm, I'm not waiting till he reveals himself. Especially after I saw what this kid was saying. I'm like, he's here. I, I, tomorrow, I, I need to do Shuvah. I, I can't wait. So I want to talk about Adam and Noah. So the two men in the first two parashas who didn't do too well. So let's first talk about Let's talk about Adam and a very important Midah that he made a very big mistake with. So, interesting, last night I gave a woman share. They weren't very happy with me. I wish I would have brought it with me because this would have made you all happy. You could have shown it to your wives. There's a Medrash Rabbah that says, why did Adam eat? He knew, the Medrash Rabbah brings down that she took, that she took the, the, the grapes, that, that actually the Eitadas was a vine, was grapes. And the Sachat, I say, she... She, she squeezed them out, she made wine, and she brought him the wine. And it says that he knew that it was from the Eitzadas. So the Medrash Rabbah says, if he knew it was from the Eitzadas, thank you, thank you very much. 
If he knew that it was from the Eitz Hadas, so then, yeah, just leave it on, leave it on. Thank you. If you knew from the Eitz Hadas, then why did he eat it? So Medrash Rabbah says, as we said, there's another Medrash Lose, I couldn't find it yesterday. Medrash Rabbah says that, that she cried so much, she made him so nervous, that she kept crying. He said, I don't want it. She goes, ah, she started crying. That she cried, as Medrash says, she cried so much that he couldn't handle it anymore. He said, okay, just give it to me. I said, nothing's changed. Okay? <laughs> and then there's another Medrash that said that she didn't cry, but she screamed at him. The Medrash said, she screamed at him until he couldn't handle it anymore, and he, and he drank the wine. So I told that to the ladies last night. They weren't happy. But it's a Medrash. But what was Adam's real sin? What did he do really wrong? So if you look in the Torah, it says the following. He was called Adam. Why was he called Adam? Because he came from the Adama, right? But really the reason he's called Adam, because Adama is a very fascinating thing, soil. Anything you put into the soil, any seed you put into the soil, tomato, wheat, whatever it is, right? So the soil has the the potential, soil, ground, has the potential to grow anything. You can grow anything in soil, right? Depends on the farmer, what he wants to grow. But it has the potential for growth. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of made a challah, which, which is, is not really a, a medrash for you guys, but I'll read it. It's a medrash for women, because it says that they were punished. Mida it says three things. A woman dies, right? If she doesn't keep, she, die, she dies in childbirth. I said it last night. It's very interesting. HaKadosh is everything is Mida Kenegamida. So it says three things she dies in childbirth, right? Let me go to the beginning here. Yeah, this is what it says. Three things women die in pregnancy, in, in giving birth. Right? Chala. And Nida. That they have to be careful that they keep Chala. And they give Chala, that they light candles for Shabbos. And, and that, um, and, and they keep Hilchus Nida. So what, why, why these three things? And why are women chayven and not men? So he says, why these, Amakarish Baruchu. Shem says, Adam Arishain, I created Adam Arishain. Right? And you went ahead and gave him to eat from the tree. So you caused him to die. You were Shaifachas Damai. You spilled his blood. Uksiv in the Torah, Shaifach Dama Adam, Ba Adam Dama Yishafech. If a person spills someone else's blood, then his blood will be spilled. Therefore, says the Medjishtan Chuma, Therefore, Tishmani Dasa, she has to keep the Hilchas Nidna, Kedeshi Yitzchapolai Adam Adam Shashachfa, in order that she should have a kapara on the blood, blood for blood. And therefore, Nidna is a punishment, the woman has, has Nidna, Dam Nidna, that she goes through it every month, is a punishment because she spilled Adam's blood. Mitzvah's Chala, why Chala? It says, because when a Kishbach who created man, it says, the aid yalim in There was water, a spring coming out of the ground. And the Bayitzal came and saw the offer. Hashem took the offer, took the water, and sort of kneaded it into a dough. And made us into clay. That's how you make clay. You take water and... So Hashem kneaded it into a dough, and then He made a human being. And therefore, when a woman needs dough, when she takes water and flour and she kneads it together, she has to, she has to give challah. Why? Because she destroyed that man. She destroyed the man that a Kush Baruch Hu made like a challah. 
she has to take care of that also. Hadlokas snare. Why does she have to light candles? Minayin. He kips the nair with adam. Because she caused him to die, he nishmas the adam nair, a person's life, a person's nisham is in there, and therefore she had to pay. And Kershbrook was very makbid in Mida Kenegin Mida. So what happened over here? He called him Adam. What is Adam? Adam is potential. Now listen to what happens a little bit later. When Akash says to him, How do you know? How do you know that you're not dressed? How do you know you're not dressed? Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? And the man said, not Yama Adam, Yama Ha Adam. And the man said, Ha Isha, the woman, Ashenosati Imadi, he The woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me to eat from the tree. So he answered the question. Hashem said, Did you eat from the tree? Instead of him answering yes, Hashem didn't ask him who gave him to eat from the tree. Hashem never asked him, who gave you to eat from the tree? Hashem said, did you eat from the tree? He decided not to take the blame. She gave me to eat from the tree. I didn't ask you who gave you to eat from the tree. I asked you, did you, uh, are you eating that bag of potato? Are you eating that bag? Did you eat my bag of potato chips? I didn't ask you who gave me my bag of potato chips. Did you eat my bag of potato chips? So you should have said yes. Instead, no, he didn't say yes. He blamed her. Says Rashi, says Rashi, in Pasigid Beis, Khan Kafa Bitaiva. Here he was a Kaifer Taiv. Where was he a Kaifer Taiv? He answered the question. He was a Kaifer Taiv because, first of all, what do you what do you what are you bringing the woman into this for? I just asked you if you ate from the if you ate from the tree. You took the woman, not only you took the woman, but you said that the woman that you gave me, Hashem, you Imadi, you said that, I, that it's not good for a man to live alone. So you gave me this woman. Look what you did! Sounds like our generation. Sounds like our generation. It's never the kid's fault. It's everybody else's fault. The psychology of our generation is, it's your father's fault, it's your mother's fault. If you don't have a father and a mother, well, it's because you don't have a father and a mother. Whatever, whatever, it's never the kid's fault. It's your teacher's fault. It's, it's the world's fault. It's somebody's fault. The main thing in, our, in the psychological world today is, it's not your fault. The difference between my generation and this generation is, we took ownership of what we did. They don't, nobody takes ownership. It's everybody's fault. My Rebbe looked at me the wrong way. That's it. I was done. I'm, I went off the derech. Right? I'm not talking my Rebbe. I'm saying, today kids tell me the, the craziest things. I'm like, big deal. Get over it. Right? There are some big deals. Okay, those are big deals. But So, over here, he right away didn't take, he, didn't, he says, Hashem, me? You're asking me? You're asking me? If I ate from the tree? What are you asking me? Look at this woman you gave me. It's your fault. You set this whole thing up. If I would have been alone, wouldn't have happened. Sort of like you buy a kid an ice cream, and he smears it all over his shirt, and you're like, what are you doing? He's like, Tati, it's your fault. not my fault. What do you mean? It's like, well, if you wouldn't have bought me the ice cream, I couldn't have done it to my shirt. But I bought you the ice cream because I love you, and I wanted to give you something good. This is what he did. He was a cuff of the ichor. So what, so what happened? Listen to what happened. Because he was a kaifer baker. And we know that the whole creation of the world was based on Akar Satoy. Because 
I'm sure you were all very um, sober on, on uh, Simplest Torah, so you probably had the same kasha I did, right? So it says on the third day, it says on the third day, it should grow grass, trees, fruit trees, and the Pasuk says, it happened on the third day. The land gave grass, flowers, plants, the ace of Supri, and the trees made fruits. Right? So if you ask any little child what the one I should create in the third day, he'll tell you plants and flowers and trees. Okay. If you were concentrating, it says right after by all the vegetation in the field, right? wasn't on the land yet. It wasn't there. All the grass, it didn't sprout. Because there was no rain. There was no person at this point. But the Torah just said on the third day that the grass grew, the flowers grew, the, tru- the trees grew. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said it was great, Kitov. So make up your mind. Did it grow on the third day or didn't it grow on the third day? This passage says it didn't grow yet. We're already past Shabbos. We're, we're, we're at fr- we're not past Shabbos. We're at Friday. There wasn't a human being in the world yet. And the Torah says nothing grew. It's not here. And on the third day, the Torah says it grew. There's a crazy stira in Torah Shabbat Sav. And I'm sure that it bothered everybody. So there's a Rashi. And the Rashi bothers very much. So Rashi says, has the same kasha. And he says, what happened? He says that on the third day, everything grew. But it didn't break the surface of the world. It grew underneath the ground. Mamish to an eighth of an inch of the surface. Okay? He asked the question, what's going on over here? It said on the third day that it did grow. Right? It grew. So he says, it didn't come out of the ground. Why? Because it didn't rain. So why did Hashem make it rain on the third day? Why do you wait till the sixth day? Hashem made rain, right? The clouds were there already. There was water in the world, right? So that whole ocean going up, I forgot what this is called in science, right? Going on, that makes rain. So it was all there. So why didn't Hashem make rain? So the Torah tells us why. Because there wasn't a human being. Why do you need a human being to make rain? Zagrashi, v'ayim there was no one there to have a karstatobu. When the person came and he saw that nothing's growing, he down for rain and therefore it rained. So, taking it from what it was underneath the ground, the first drop of rain hit the ground, and the next second, the whole world went from a desert, right? Because everything was underneath the ground, went from a desert to trees and flowers and plants in one second. Why? Because Adam was on the world to have a Satoyv. And Hashem said, there's no reason to do any of this if there's no Akar Satoyv in the world. So the 
the, the basis of Adam, the reason he's brought into the world, according to Rashi, the reason we came into this world is so that we should dive in for things and then appreciate it. That's why we're in the world. That's why he brought us in the world on the sixth day. Because until then, he didn't, nothing grew. So we take, I forgot the word in English, we take something that's not happening, right? We, and we make the potential happen by davening, by having recognition across the time. A law comes on them, right? After eating from the Eitzadas, and the whole reason I created you was for Akarsatov, so that you should daven and you should appreciate. Allah comes Adam and says to Hashem, it's your fault. The woman you gave me, look what you did. Says Rashi became a coffee type. And that's why we got punished. Had Adam just said, I ate from the tree, the man would not, we would not have died, we would not have to go to work. Imagine, you could sit and learn a whole day. All the punishments that we got would not have happened. It came because he was a kafli taiv. But listen to the Torah. Listen to the Torah, what the Torah calls a kafli taiv. A person who doesn't appreciate his wife. A person who doesn't appreciate his life. A person who doesn't appreciate what Hashem gives him. A person who doesn't appreciate his health. That you're not chas v'shalom in a hospital. You can walk outside and feel the wind on your face. That you can breathe. That you can see. Try to live a day with your eyes closed. You won't make it past a half an hour. Because you're going to open your eyes to make sure that you didn't go blind. Make you crazy. Try to live without vision. Try to live in a world that has no sound and no music. Try to live in a world where your fingers don't feel anything. Where you don't smell anything. A person has a very bad cold. He has no appetite. He can't smell. He can't. He has. He doesn't want to eat. Imagine a person who's in like a nachash, where everything tastes like dust. Hashem gave us five senses. He gave us so much to appreciate. And the, the sin of I don't have time to go into, but the whole sin of Chava was because she became jealous until the Satan told her that Hashem has something you don't have. That he knows being She had no interest in the tree whatsoever. The minute the nachash who knew that jealousy would get her, told her that Hashem has something, all of a sudden, Vatera, she saw that the fruit was good to eat. You can't see that fruit is good to eat. You can only taste that fruit is good to eat. I, you know, I bought some of those shachiyahs for Shoshanah because, you know, those weird things that they were selling in the stores. And let me tell you, one of them, all my kids spit it out. It was the most disgusting thing. You know, you can't make a shachiyah on something that you don't like. So looking at a fruit doesn't tell you if it's good or not. So how can it say in the Torah, but Torah as she saw that the fruit was good to eat. And the answer is that when you're jealous, you don't, you, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't make logical sense. It's automatically, if you have it, it's good. What do you mean? You never drove it, you never saw it, you never used it. It doesn't matter. If he has it and I don't have it, it's gotta be good. So, you know, it's like, uh, I told the girls last night, I'm sitting at a table in a restaurant two years ago in Manhattan. I'm sitting, and I'm sitting with my wife. And there's two guys sitting on the table next to us. And he keeps looking at my steak. He keeps looking at my food. And, you know, it's very nerve-wracking when someone's looking at your food when you're trying to eat. And he keeps pointing to my food, and he's talking to his friend. And finally, I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. So I turned to him, I said, hey, you want a piece? I'll give you a piece. He goes, that would be amazing. Could you give me a piece? <laughs> because because I, I want to see if it's, if it's good, I'm going to order it. I was telling my friend that I never, you know, I come to this restaurant all the time. You order a very interesting, I never saw that dish. 
So I cut off a piece of my wife, like, I cannot, Esty's sitting there, my wife, she's like, I cannot believe I'm watching this. The guy, the guy, you don't know him, he's a stranger, he's taking a piece of my husband's steak. I mean, it's not normal, right? Right? So, so he takes it, he says, you know what, to the waiter, we'll take two of them. For, for both guys, right? I'm sitting there, I'm eating dessert, they get it, they're eating it. They leave out like half of it over. I'm like, hey, what happened? He goes, I don't know, yours was much better. <laughs> I'm like, no, mine is the same. It's only much better because it was on my plate. <laughs> How many times do you go in a restaurant and you're sitting there with your wife or whoever and you're like to the waitress, what, what is that? What are they getting? What, what is that? What do you care what is that? You know, own your own stuff. What do you look at the other guys? And the answer is, if it's on your plate, it's much better. It just is. When you pick food out of somebody else's plate, it tastes much better than it's coming out of your plate. Right? That came, that came with the first, I gave with the first of the minute she, The minute she heard Hashem had something, all of a sudden, she didn't even taste it. How do you know it's good? Lachish should have said, how do you know it's good? She's like, it has to be good. It has to be good. And then it became Taiva, and then it became Nechman. So, that, you know, the first Avera was, was, based on, was based on jealousy. And that's in our DNA, because that's the first Avera. Actually, if you want to hear the share, it's on Torah anytime, from last night with the girls. Actually, the Nachash... Right, the whole nachash avera of the nachash was jealousy because Rashi says that he saw mm-hmm. Adam and Chava together and they were talking. They were talking together very nice things, and he was very. He had a female counterpart, but he was jealous, and he tried to kill Adam actually to have her give the fruit to Adam so he could marry Chava. And there's a whole story. I'm not going to go into it. That he, what he he talked about Chava and whatever happened happened whatever it is. But that was his, you know that was his whole plan. So the nachash the sultan. His whole source was that he was jealous of Adam. Leave Chava alone. What do you need Chava for? You have a female. Right? But he was jealous. So that Avera was the first Avera, and therefore it is the Avera that drives everything. Adultery, stealing, Russian Hara, Rechilus, being Mavayish someone. It all comes from being jealous. No one's talking Russian Hara about Martians. You're not talking Russian Hara about monkeys. Because what a, I don't gain anything by saying something bad about a monkey. You only talk about Russian Hara about somebody... That, yeah, I gotta take him down because I really want what he has. Lush and Hara, stealing. When you steal from someone else, what, what, it's because you have it. I want it. I don't really need it. You have it, I want it. So adultery is because, go, go find yourself a single girl. What are you doing? The answer is because he's married. I want his wife. I want her husband. It's all based in that first Avera, and we see in spiritual DNA, which I'm trying to get this book out on spiritual DNA, which is uh, just like in, in the world of, in our world, the physical world is spiritual. There's physical DNA, brown eyes, the hair, all that. Doctor asked you, did your father have a heart attack? Well, who cares my father had a thought? Because if it's in the DNA, you have to have, you have to have a history, right? So there's a thing called a history in spirituality. I've been writing this book for the last three years. It's fascinating. The Benot Tzolofchot came from Yosef, so they had a love for Israel. It's Rashi. We are B'nai Rachmanim because we come from Avraham Avinu. I don't know what Avraham Avinu. What do you mean I'm a B'nai? If a Jew is not a Ben Rachman, he's not a Jew. He, something's wrong. He's not a Ben Avram. How can you make a statement like that? And the answer is, it's in your DNA. So it's in your DNA, and, and, and it doesn't come up means it's not true. So there's a thing called there's a thing called spiritual DNA. So what was her DNA? Jealousy. So why did her children come out? They killed Cain. Killed Hevel. Why? Because Cain was jealous. It didn't weigh the generation. The next generation murder. He murdered his brother. Why did he murder his brother? His cover was accepted, and his cover wasn't. And Hashem gave him a whole schmooze. Don't worry about it. You'll try again. He killed him anyway. Because the first Avera was based on jealousy. So over here, by Adam, listen to what happens. It's, it's the Torah. You have to just, you just have to look at the Psukim. It's amazing. Listen to what happens. So after he says that to Hashem, 
right? He says, Isha, Hashem says the following. Ula Adam Omar. And to Adam he says, Ki Because Hashem throws it, it's like trash talking. I love this. It's like Hashem trash talked him. You're coming to me, and you're telling me that it's because of your wife. So why, 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 why should have Hashem punished us? For what reason? Because we ate from the Etanas, right? That's, we did something wrong. That's not what the Torah tells us. Adam Omar. Hashem says to Adam, Oh, you are, the problem is that your wife, eh? Hashem throws it right back in its face. Because you listen to your wife, your whole time, you're coming to me with the wife business. So Hashem said, yeah, because, Hashem should have said, because you ate from the tree. Because you ate from the tree, that's why you're getting punished. No, because you listen to your wife, the wife that I gave you, right? You listen to your wife. What's his punishment? The ground should be cursed. Because what's the ground, everybody? The ground is potential. But a person who's a coffee type has no potential. So the ground should be cursed. What's the ground? The ground didn't do anything. But the whole philosophy of the ground is potential. And if you don't believe in potential, if you are a coffee type, you don't have potential... So then the ground is cursed because the whole beauty of the ground is its potential. Listen to this. Why? Afar is dust. Hashem, the Pasuk should have said, You're Adam, you come from, right? In fact, in the same Pasik, it says, Right? Listen carefully. This is so beautiful. You can mamish dance home. Listen to this Pasik again. The Pasik says the following. You're being cursed. Right? Until you return to the ground. Because that's where I took you from. I created you, everyone in this room, I created you as an Adam. I created you with potential. And now the Pasuk does a whole flip. Ready? Ki Because you are dust. They'll offer Toshuv. And you will go back to dust. But, but you just said, Atshufchel HaDama. Why are you changing the Lashen from Shufchel HaDama, you're going to go back to the ground, and now you're saying, well, offer Toshuv. You're going to go back to the dust. If you're, if you're saying, Adam, it should say, Ve'el Hadam Atoshev. How does anyone in this room understand this possibly? And the Teretz is, Hashem said to him, I took you from the Adam. I created you with potential. You are a coffee toy. You threw the woman back in my face. The difference between Adam and Afar is dust. Nothing grows in dust. Dust just makes everything dull. If you take a whole pot of dust and you try to plant it, dust has no kayak of growth whatsoever. So Kosh Baruch Hu said, I created you from the Adama. I created you with potential. You're a coffee tub, you threw this at, you threw this at me? Then you're no more Minahadama. You're no longer from the Adama. You no longer have potential. So you're from the Afar. So you'll come from Afar and you'll go to Afar and you'll never be anything because you're a coffee tub. Meridik.
And that's how the Lushan and the Pasuk make sense. But, Kishbaku always gives us a chance to do tshuva. So right after this, Hashem tells him you're going to die. And the reason you're going to die is because your wife gave you to eat from the tree. But Yikra, Hashem says to, 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 to Adam, please name your wife. She has no name. At this point, she had no name. He said to give her a name. So he's giving Adam a chance to do tshuva. Because really, he, what does Adam call her? Chava. Because she was the mother of all life. What are you, Adam, are you drunk? What are you talking about? She's the, she's the mother of all death. She didn't bring life into the world. Chava brought death in the world. Why are you calling her Chava? You should be calling her Misa Mishuna. <laughs> Why are you calling her Chava? She didn't bring life into the world. She brought death into the world. Adam did Shuva. Adam said, specifically Hashem asked him after he told him he's going to die because Chava gave him an aid from the tree. He said, No, do you have any Akarasatov left at all? So Adam said, Well, I just heard you cursed the Chava that she's going to give birth and it's going to be extremely painful. Right, it's bainek, it's going to hurt, it's going to be very painful, but she's going to bring, she's going to bring children in the world, and she's going to suffer. I'm not going to focus that she brought death into the world. I'm not going to focus what she did to me. I'm not going to focus what she did to me. I'm going to focus on what she's doing for the world. And therefore, I'm not calling her Misa Mishuna, I'm calling her Chava. He learned his lesson. What does the Torah say? Layam Hashem Elohim. Next, two psukim later. Layam Hashem Elohim. He became back to an Adam. He went back from Afa to Adam because he had a Karasa Taif. And because he had a Karasa Taif, HaKadosh Baruch showed him unbelievable HaKadosh Baruch showed him a Karasa Taif. What did Hashem do? The Pasuk after he called the Chava, Vayas Hashem Alekim Adam Al-Ishnai Kosnos Baruch Hu made them clothing. Not that he only made them clothing, but he made them clothing that Adam was able to go up to an animal that he would have to work hard to hunt. The clothing that he wore was the one that Nimrod took, was the one that Asaph took from Nimrod, was a special clothing that smelled like an animal, and therefore you could walk up to a deer and shecht it. It wouldn't run. With a very special Kosnos or Okay, there's a whole thing in Kabbalah that it really wasn't spelled Kosnos. It was... Originally, and when Mashiach comes, it's going to, the only thing in Torah Shabbat that's going to change, I think our mayor says it, I'm not sure who says it, the only thing that's going to change is this word, because really they used to have kosnas or with an aleph. They had clothing made out of light, which they have in the next world, but because he did that very, it became kosnas or with leather. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be changed back to the aleph. Okay, whatever, that's a whole, a whole different subject. But what happened, that Kosh Baruch Hu said like this, even though the reason you need clothing is because you did the Avera, and you didn't listen to me, so you don't deserve, right? Go make your own clothing, go freeze. Kurdish Baruch Hu said, listen carefully, Adam, you just named your wife. Why did you name your wife Chava? Because even though she, she killed you, you didn't focus on that. You focused on her pain. Therefore, Hashem has to be the Kenegamida. If you were able not to focus on what she did to you, but only to focus on her pain, I have to do the same thing, said Hashem. So therefore, I can't focus on what you did to me, that you ended up not being, not knowing that, you need to, that you're naked, that you don't have clothes, because you did the Avera, so you should suffer. I'm not going to focus on what you did to me. I'm going to focus on your pain. You focus on Chava's pain. I'm going to focus on your pain, that you don't have clothing. This clothing was magical clothing. In the winter, it made you cool. In the summer, it made you cool. In the winter, it made you warm. 
Wh- wh- why am I telling you all this? Because everyone in this room has this kayak. Instead of focusing on what the other person did to you, what the, the, the pain that the person caused you, the loss that the person caused you, whatever it is, you know, a, a, a relationship with a husband and a wife. So she's not always, don't focus that she burnt the food, and don't focus that she overslept, and don't focus, focus instead on all the good stuff that she does. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu won't focus on your bad stuff. He'll focus on all your good stuff. Focus on all the pain and all the stuff that you're going through and all the struggling. It's, it's just a different relationship. It makes you an Adam, not a piece of Afar. It makes you an Adam. And that is the whole lesson of the first Avera. It makes you an Adam if, you ever, if, you're, a, if you're a kid that says, my parents' job is to get me a car, then you're Afar. You have no potential. I told this to this girl. So you, I don't even want to talk to you. You don't even have any potential. I can't deal with someone who's a couple of times. You're, you're Afar. Afar has no growth. She didn't like that. You don't like to be called Afar. But I said, when you come back, when you, when you have appreciation, you don't have appreciation, there, there cannot be growth. So that's one lesson. Now let's go to the next lesson, and we'll end with this. Yeah, okay. So, let's talk about Nayach. I, I don't know who in this room, what picture you have, but it's such a... Was he a tzaddik or not? What's the deal? Was Noach a tzaddik or wasn't he a tzaddik? If he would have lived in, in Abraham's time, then he would have been nobody. First of all, why, why are you saying that? Like Rashi, just, well, the Torah says, right? The Torah says that he was a tzaddik, he was tamim, right? What do you have to badmouth him and say, oh, you think he was a tzaddik? Yeah, you think he was a tzaddik? He was only a tzaddik because compared to everybody else, he was a tzaddik. But he's not really a tzaddik. Imagine, you know, you go to PTA and your, your, your kid has a great statement in the back of the report card. You know, your student, your, your son is doing very well. And you come to the Rebbe and you're like, wow, he never had such a, a comment on the back. And the Rebbe's like, no. He's doing well because the rest of the class is going to him. But, but he's not really doing well. Like, Rebbe, you wrote a nice report. Let, leave it alone. Let, let the kid be happy. Don't tell the kid that, that compared to everyone else, it says he's doing well. The Torah says he's an inside coming. You have to start making drushes to find out. He's not really a good guy. He's really a bad guy. Why are you doing that? We don't do that in the Torah. Just the opposite. So the Torah says, it says the following. This is Abbas Chaim. He says, Nayach saw all kinds of zima, zuama, tuma, everything that we're going through today, he saw in his generation. He didn't do what they did. So he really was, on that point, he really was a tzaddik. He was surrounded by the worst, and he didn't do what they did. But, He didn't give the dar musr. He didn't say one word. He built it. He didn't say anything. You don't see anywhere in Pasha's Noach that he went off into a corner and davened to Hashem that he should say the door. If Noach would have given Musr, doesn't say that anyone would have changed. If Noach would have davened 
and this is in many Mepharshim. The Medrash Rabbah says this also. Could you imagine? There would have been no marble. There would have been no marble. And therefore, Amru Chachameinu Zichreinu L'Racha Shema Shekosif Tamim Hoi V'dari Zerv Leith Parsha Gamlik Nai he was a tzaddik. I will eat with you. We know he wouldn't have been. Okay. He says the following. The reason he didn't get Musa was because he was scared. If he's going to say something, they're going to kill him. So what did he do? He went into the base medrash. I guess there was a base medrash then. The soygal of the and he closed the door. Noach went to Elohim. Where was Elohim? Of course, Elohim is in the base Medrash. But by Avram, it says, He wasn't scared of them. He even jumped into the Kirshanesh. So it seems to be that the reason that, that the Mepharshim are telling us the Gnai is to give us Musr, that even if you're a tzaddik, but if you're a tzaddik for yourself, you're not considered a tzaddik. You know, I don't know if you learned this, but the Arbaminim, right? So the Arbaminim, each, each one of them stands for a different kind of a person. The Esrig, which tastes good and smells good, is Teichai Kibari, is a person who learns Teira and does Chesed. The, the, the Lulav, which is the Te'ena, which is the fig, so the inside, it tastes, it tastes good, but the lulav itself has no smell. So that's a person that's, um, that's inside good, but, but he does, he does, um, he learns Torah, but he doesn't do chesed. And the hadasim, uh, they smell good, but they're extremely bitter. That's a person who, who does maizim tayvim, but doesn't learn Torah. And the aramais are the, are the risham. What's the halacha? Malacha is that the esrig, so, so the kavana when you hold your arbaminim is yudke vavke, and it brings down the story where there was, this rav had a dream and the yudke vavke was separated, and he realized it because he, he held them, but he didn't hold them together. They have to be held together. When you hold arbaminim, they have to be mamish held together. People who walk around like this, they're making a very big mistake. They have to be held together. So, it's a very beautiful, beautiful thought that that, that, that was that was said that that the esrig on its own is a tzaddik, right? But if the tzaddik's not touching the arava, if the tzaddik's not touching the rasha, then Hashem's name is broken. The tzaddik has to help the rasha. So the tzaddik, on one hand, the rasha's by himself. Therefore, therefore, the way we hold ours, our lulavim, the, the arava is always touching the esrig. And therefore, that's, to make Hashem's name, you have to have chalbana. You have to have the one that's, that doesn't smell good. You have to have the one that's not doing well. And therefore, Noach, he was a tzaddik. Rashi screaming to all of us that that's very nice. And had we just left in the Torah, just the, the, that he that he was a tzaddik, then we would think that if you save yourself in the teva and the whole world dies, you're a tzaddik. Because if, if Rashi wouldn't save the, if we wouldn't have the other side. You would walk around saying, "Look at this! The whole world died. No one saved his family." The Torah calls it tzaddik ish So specifically, the Chacham is saying, "No." No, there was something missing. He didn't save his door. And the Abbas Chaim says that when he came out of the, of the Teva, he had times to Akash Baruch Hu. He said, He said, What did you do? How did you do not, how come you didn't have 
pity on your creations. Now you now you're asking me to have pity? When I when I told you that I'm going to destroy the world, what did you do? You went into the base medrash. Why did you go out into the streets and tell them and give them musr? Why did you daven them? You were scared that they were going to kill you? He says, don't you know that when there are people giving musr in this world, listen to this, when there are people giving musr, even if Klai Yisrael is not doing well, but if there's someone giving musr to Klai Yisrael, Hashem says, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't hurt them right now because maybe they're going to do tshuva. As long as there's someone giving Muslims. So what, you know, so what are you worried about? So that's why the Torah is telling us. Number one, Adam, his fall was he was a kafri Torah. Number two, Noyach, Noyach was for himself. And we know he came back as Moshe Rabbeinu. And, and, and in Gilgul, he came back as Moshe Rabbeinu. And when Hashem came to Moshe Rabbeinu, because when you're, when you're in Gilgul, you have to be Mesach and Gilgul, you have to go through the exact Avera that you did last time. So when Hashem came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, this is Chidah. Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, they did the egg, I'm going to wipe them out, I'm going to save you, and from you is going to come the new Klai Yisrael. Ha, ha, ha. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I got the soul of Noach, I'm not making the same mistake. So he said, He said, no, if, if they go, I go. I'm not going to make the mistake. And if you take the word Mecheni, and you mix the letters a little bit, it spells Mei Noach. The word Mecheni says the Chidot spells Mei Noach. He said, I am going to fix, Moshe Rabbeinu said, the waters of Noach, I'm not going to do the same thing. He saved Klai Yisrael. And had Noach said, had Noach said, the Chidot says, had Noach said to Hashem, if you destroy the world, I go with it, the world would not have been destroyed. But he didn't do any prayer for it. And that's why he specifically says this. I just want to end with a very famous Medjish Tanchuma that I talk about that has to do with alcoholism. And you know, I, I'm, I'm very anti-getting drunk on Shabbos. We, we told you the story about the, sh- the guy who Shabbos was so ugly that he had to get drunk. So his date was so ugly. I said it a few years ago. This guy, whatever, they read him a date, a, a shidduch, and he wanted to do his father a favor to take out this girl. But he, she, there was no way he could take this girl anywhere because all his friends would see she was mamish, the ugliest girl in the whole world. So he didn't know what to do, but he wanted to do his father a favor. So he didn't know where to take her. He said, oh, I have a great idea. I'll take her to a bar. All right? My friends don't, don't, don't go to a bar. And I'll drink so much that, uh, that uh, I won't even realize that she's ugly. So he takes her to a bar. This poor girl never got more than one date. Every guy he took her out, dropped her. Right? He takes her to the bar, and then he can't believe it. He might can't look at her. And he, he takes his first drink, and, and he gets a little, eh. And then he takes another drink. All of a sudden, she's beginning to look a little pretty. You know, by the third drink, she looks gorgeous. And he sits there and talks to her for three hours. He's blitzed out of his brains. So she drives home, right? Her father's standing by the door. He's a little excited. She never had a date for more than 20 minutes. She gets into the car. The guy goes around the block, says, I'm sorry, my brother couldn't make it, and drops her off, you know? So, so here, four hours, the father's like, the father of the girl's like, wow. He calls his friend, the father of the boy. He says, you know, thank you very much. I think your son, I think your son likes my daughter. They went around for five hours. The next morning, the son gets up. The father runs into the room. He says, I guess she's not so ugly. Yeah, I heard you were out for five hours. You want to go out again tonight? He says, oh, Tati, no way. He says, I, 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 I only could talk to her for five hours because I was drunk. No way could I ever be, right? 
So I, I always say the story with Shabbos. You know, people who drink on Shabbos and they have to drink on Shabbos and they have to get drunk on Shabbos and they have to have scotch and blue scotch and green scotch and red scotch and all the other things that people have to drink. Why? Because Shabbos is so boring and so ugly that you can't make it through Shabbos without drinking because Shabbos is the kawa, Shabbos is the date, and you have to drink. You can't make it through Shabbos. Why? What are you telling Hashem? Your daughter, Shabbos, she is so ugly. She is so disgusting. If you want me to date her for 26 hours, I have to be blitzed at least 18 of them. <laughs> That's what you're telling him. That's what you're telling him. So, where did this all start? This is a crazy Medjish Tanchuma. This, this is, I, I mean, this is my, this, when I said this, the first, first, one place I said it, didn't ever, ever invite me back. Because the shul was full of drinkers. And when I read this Medjish Tanchuma, they didn't like it. They never invited me back. Listen, listen to this. We'll, we'll end with this. I know it's very late, but this is worth it. So one of the big complaints, criticisms of Nayach was that the minute he came out of the table, what did he do? He planted grapes, a vineyard for wine. Why? Because he was very depressed. He came out, the world was... Uh, so he figured, uh, I need a good glass of wine. The same person of how a person can fall. The same person that's called in the beginning of Noah, right? The Medjrach, the Medjrach, says, a lot of forms say this, right? We call him, Eilat told us Noyach, Noyach is Tzadik, Tamim Hayyub Adairizov. As Elohim Nehalak Noyach, all of a sudden he becomes, Vayachal Noyach, how do we describe him? Ishwadama, a man of the ground, a nothing, a nobody, a farmer. He went from a Tzadik, right? Tamim, to an Ishadama. How did that happen? This is a fascinating Medjishtan Chuma. It's worth buying the Medjishtan Chuma just for this. Listen to this. So he says, He started off as an Ishadama. He became Ishadama. How did this happen? He, he planted a vineyard because he wanted wine. So listen to the story. This is how the story goes. So he says, first of all, it, it, it says that this, this vine came from Ganeiden, so it had a crazy power. And the power of it was, Vayita Kerem Benizbaza. He planted it, right? He planted the vineyard, and the day he planted it, it produced fruit already. Okay? And the same day, it produced, it produced fruit. The very day he, he reaped it, he, he took them off. The very day he pressed them, the very day he drank. And the very day he became drunk. So it all happened in one day. Listen to this. <coughs> If you never heard this message, this is going to flip you out. The Rabbanans say the following. Noach came to plant his vineyard. The Satan came. He's planting, he stood in front of him. The Satan said to Noach, What are you planting? I'm planting a vineyard. Omalo, you know, the Sultan, this is how he works. He doesn't tell you exactly what his plan is. Mativo, what's good about the vineyard? Why are you planting a vineyard? Why not apple trees? Like, what's good about grapes? Omalo, perosa musukim. The grapes are, are sweet. You can eat them raw or as raisins. Here's where he fell. And you can make wine from these grapes. That make people happy. Does wine make people happy? Right? Tixiv. The yain is samach lev enosh. Amalai hasatan. 
First partnership ever in the Torah. Amalai HaSotan. Bo! Let's do this together. I want to be a partner. What are you bringing to the table, Satan? Right? What are you bringing to the table? You want to be a partner. Amalai. L'chayei. L'chayim. This is a medrash. He said to the Satan, L'chayim. So the first L'chayim, the first L'chayim on wine was between Noach. It's a good question. Ask your kids. They'll never know the answer. Was between Noach and the Satan. That was the Russian he said. L'chayim. Ma'asa Satan. So the Satan said, okay, now I'm a partner and I'm going to bring my half. Ma'asa Satan. Hevi Kevesh. He brought a lamb. Baharagai. And he killed it. He shechted it. Tachas and Underneath the vine. So the blood of the lamb was the fertilizer for this vine. Right? The blood flowed into the vine. And, and into the ground. Achakach, the Satan brought an Ari, a lion. Baharagai. And he killed a lion there. And the blood of the lion also fertilized the vine. He brought a chazer. And he killed it. And that also went into the fertilizer of the, of the vineyard. He, was, he wasn't finished. He brought a monkey. And he killed him. Underneath the, the vine. Why? The blood flowed in, the, in this vineyard and, and fed the, watered the vine. Now, why did the Sultan do that? Listen to this. Rama's lie, because the Sultan's partnership was as follows. Before you drink the wine, you're a regular person, you're like a lemacho, you're a lamb, right? So the first blood that fed the vine was a lamb before you drink. It's just, you're a regular guy. Shani Yudasklum, you don't know nothing. You're like a lamb before they, they share it. Shasin Kahigan, now you start to drink. Because you start to drink, normal, right? Normal amount. Gimakari, all of a sudden, you become strong like a lion. I, I happen to know people that drink, and they're taka, they're, they have no social, they're total introverts, they're, they're totally socially, they, they don't talk to people every day. When all of a sudden they start to drink, they're like, hey, what's going on? Well, like, when you start to get a little drunk, you're like, hey, I can handle this, you're a little drunk, you know? Can you, like, lift the car? Yeah, I can lift the car. No problem, you're a little bit drunk. You become like an Ari. He put that blood in there. You become like an Ari. It gives you brazenness. Wine, liquor, right? Alcohol gives you brazenness. People who vomish, kids on, some people that are, that are on, on, on Purim, right? They're the most meek people. They're, 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 they're on the table and they're screaming. I'm like, this guy doesn't even talk, right? All of a sudden you're like, I'm a guy. You know, I, you know so you see these guys by the wedding. They stand outside, never, they have no life, right? So they sit there with a cigarette and they have that little wine glass and they're sishing. And I'm like, that guy's not marrying my daughter, that's for sure. <laughs> right? Because he has no self. He, his self is, the, is the, the glass. I don't want my daughter marrying a glass, right? But that gives you a certain, like, hey, you know? They don't even drink it. It's a whole night, the same wine. Just keep swishing <laughs> around. They don't drink it. It's like, hey, I got wine, and I'm a lion. Put the Sutton, that's the power of wine. Okay, wait, we're not done. But Amma, ain't He's drunk. There's nobody like me in the world. Okay? Kibbutz Shashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashash
But now, once you're, once you're a little drunk, you don't realize that you're drunk, so you continue drinking. And all your friends continue pouring because they want to see you look like an idiot, right? So the guys who, who give their friends to drink, they're really the chaiti, the machti. You know, the, the guy, what are you doing? He's going to get divorced. He's going to have problems with his kids. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you the house that everyone goes to that you give out all the drinks? What are you doing? You think you're cool by doing that? What are you doing? The guy comes home. He stinks from alcohol. His kids look at their father an alcoholic. The mother's like, has to wait two hours for him to come home. What do you think? You think you're cool because you're feeding someone alcohol? You're killing his marriage. You're killing his kids. You're not cool. There's a price to pay for that. Okay? You do that to someone else, it's going to end up having to your children. So what happens to this drunk? He says, Now he drank too much. Now he becomes like the chazir, like the pig. And we knew a medrash, Tanchuma. It was written a long time ago. Long time ago. He wets his pants, number one and number two. I'm not saying this. Medrash says it. That's what it means. Okay? So now he's totally out of control. He's a drunk, right? So now he's like a pig. So the Satan became a partner because Yayin is very Kaddosh. Because he understood Yayin was, the, was the, the reason that Yayin is the thing that we use. It's a whole different shir, but the reason we use it for Pidyan Aben and we use it for Kiddush and we use it for Brismila and we use it for Sheva Brachos and Yayin is so important. And Yantif, the Simcha and Yantif is called Yayin. It all goes back, as Zaira says, that because the eight Hadas was Yayin, was the grapes. So the Satan wanted to make sure that even in the Yayin we wouldn't have purity. So he made a deal with Noah to put this garbage, a pig and a, lion, and a lion, to put this garbage in the DNA of the first vine of the world. Because don't forget, the world was destroyed. So all the wine that we have today, all the grapes that we have today, come from that vine. Noah planted the first vine. Everything else was gone. So there's no grape in this world, there's no wine that you drink in this world that doesn't come from that vine. So the Satan made sure that he would intervene, that it shouldn't be on that level of the Eitzadas. And finally he says, finally, the Shtaker, he continues drinking, he becomes a monkey. Oimed, he gets up, and he dances, and he makes fun, and he starts to curse and, and nibble and he has no idea what he was doing. Says the Medjistan Choma. All this happened to Noah HaTzadik. Surely, and this is what I said by this, and I never got invited back. Surely, this is what the Medjish Tanchumah says, Noah, who Hashem said, was Ish Tzadik Tomim Bahayu B'dayraisav. He was able not to do any Aveira that the whole world was doing. And he fell because of the wine, we know what happened with his son, with Chum, and, and he fell because he came out of, out, of the, out of the, he felt bad for himself, he was in pain, so he made himself a, a vineyard, and he fell to this level, he says, therefore the Medjish Rabbah says, Kach shok adam, every other person in the world, who is not a Noach, who was not on that level, al-achas kama v'kama, surely you have to be careful not to get drunk, and not to be an alcoholic, and not to be addicted, but on top of that, what happened? Shekilo Zanro, he ended up cursing his own son, Ara Kanan. He ended up he ended up cursing his own grandson, Kanan. His grandfather ended up cursing him. Why? Because he drank too much. And he allowed the Satan to be a partner in his wine. So the three lessons of tonight are four lessons. Number one, 
don't wait to do tshuva. It's coming really fast. Number two, hakar satov, is what makes you an adam. It's what makes you a person. And it makes your relationships with Hashem, with your wives, with your children, with yourself. It is the most important midah in the world. All the forums say that. All the other midahs come from that. If you, if you, if you appreciate, then there, there's... Th- then you don't want anything that somebody else has. You only want what you have. And you don't talk Lashon Hara, and you don't commit adultery, and you don't steal from anybody, and you're honest, person who appreciates. That's the source. So that's number two. Number three, you have to be very, very careful when it comes to taka, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to wine, you see what happened to Nalach. Of course, wine normally, drinking a normal amount of wine, making Kiddush, there's nothing wrong with it. When it becomes a thing on Shabbos that everyone has to get drunk, everyone has to go to Kiddush and get drunk, so then we see what, we see, you know, we see what, what the, what, what the Medjishtan Chumah tells us. So, if, if, and, and, and also not to be jealous, to work on the Midah, or not to be jealous. And the fourth thing, of course, is this week's passion. Noach is tzaddik. But Kishbacha doesn't consider you a tzaddik if you don't help others. So therefore, you have to think, all of us have to think that we're an esrig, or we're a lulav, because the lulav also touches the arava, and that, that we have to help Klyestral, and specifically in the times of Mashiach, because every Jew that you change, including yourself, you'll bring to the next world. And every Jew that's in the next world is, 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 a, is a godless for Kishbacha, is a godless... Regardless for Shekhinah. So at the same time, we need to daven. We need to do tshuva. We need to daven for Klai Yisrael. I don't think anyone in this room can even understand what it means for children not to go to yeshiva today because the mothers would not let them go to yeshiva. For the shuk in, in Yushalayim to be closed where people couldn't even buy things for Shabbos. They mamish for the first time in the history of Eretz Yisrael have closed down Eretz Yisrael. I remember I was in Eretz Yisrael when Sabaro blew up. They blew up the pizza shop and they killed many people. The next week, Sabaro was open selling pizza. The number one bus blew up. The next day, there was another number one bus. Eretz Yisrael never allowed terrorism to stop the day-to-day. Today, it has stopped the day-to-day. The tourism is over. They're losing a lot of money. The stores are closed. They're losing a lot of money. People have no panasa. People can't go out. I was, I'm very connected to a minion that's Vasikin in the morning. And... I called him up. He says the first time in the history that Vasikin is empty and that the Kaisal is empty, they have, they have put a dagger, literally, in the hearts of Klai Yisrael. So what does Hashem want from us here in Chutz Laretz? He wants us to do tshuva, but He wants us to daven for Achenu Kobesh Yisrael. And you got nothing to worry about. Because in the end of days, it says, we have no army. We won't have Bechabetz Chaim. And the Gemara says, Kosh will bring us to our knees to the point where we say, Kosh nothing in this world. He took away the President of the United States. People thought we had Bush. He was a friend of Israel. We don't have the politics. We don't have the European nations. We don't have a government. We have nowhere to turn. People thought that we have politics. We're hated in Washington. People thought that there are nations in the world that would come to help us. We're hated in the whole world. We don't have the Chafetz Chaim anymore. We lost so many G'daylim and Sadiqim in the last five years, we don't have really anyone to turn to anymore. And the Gemara says at that point when you're on your knees, when you're in the worst point of Klai Yisrael's life, you'll turn to me and I will save you. Hashem Ishmochama. Hashem Shmo. You will see in the near future, the Kishbach will be the Ishmochama. Hashem Shmo. 
and we'll talk to see the, the Mashiach will reveal himself and Christ will be saved. You have nothing to worry about. God hasn't changed. As long as God hasn't changed, we don't have anything to worry about. Well, we have to daven for Klai Yisrael. You should have a tzlach and bracha, and thank you very much. I'm sorry that it took so long. The story, I can't, I don't, it's not fair. It's 10.30. You want to hear the story? All right. So this is a story of, um, it's a very long story, but I'll make it very short. So it's a story about understanding the time of the Mashiach and what we're supposed to do. So it's, um, there was this, I'm not, I don't think I said it here, but you can, you can do it while I'm eating the children. So there was this king, and he wanted to know if the people in his land really loved him. So he got dressed as a poor man, and he went out at night, and he went to the houses to listen by the windows to see what they're saying about the king. And he was dressed as a poor man. He comes to the first house, and he's listening to them, oh, the taxes, we hate this king. His taxes are so high. The next one, we don't like him. We don't like the queen. Everywhere he's going, he hears that nobody likes him. He comes to the edge of town. There's a broken down shack. In the broken down shack, he looks in the window, and there's this poor man who's dancing around his table. On his table is a glass of wine, a pita bread, some salad. And he's dancing around this broken door, and he's like, Long live the king! There's no one like the king! King's like, what's up with this guy? All the other people lived in palaces. He lives in... So the king knocks on the door. Of course, he doesn't know it's the king. It's a poor man. He says, can I come in? He says, sure. Sit down. Have, some, have a little bit of my wine. Have some of my salad. You look like you're very poor. He says, no, 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 no. I don't really... I just want to ask you. I was looking in the window and you're, you're dancing around like, what's the, what's the relationship? He says, listen, I'm a poor guy. I go to work every day. My business is I fix things that are broken. I make six shekel a day. And I go to the store every single day. I buy, I buy a, bottle, a glass of wine and some pita and some vegetables and sometimes a little bit uh, falafel. And I'm very happy. Life is great. And you know, the king doesn't bother me. I'm below the tax rate. It's great. I love him. Okay, the king says, it's really nice. Nice meeting you. The king goes home. says, ah, we got to test this guy. He really loves me. So he puts out an announcement. He gets back dressed up. He's the king. Puts out an announcement. No one's allowed to, buy, no one's allowed to pay anyone to fix anything. Next day, this poor guy goes out. He starts going around to people. I want to fix it. No. Didn't you hear the king said? You're not allowed to, you're not, you're not, no one's allowed to pay. So he's like, wow, I wonder why the king said that. doesn't make sense. But okay, what am I going to do? He's hungry. So he's walking by this, this barn, and there's a sign. Looking to hire someone to clean the barn. Pay six shekel. Great. He goes in. He cleans the whole barn. He gets a six shekel. That night, the king wants to see. Now, he doesn't have a job. He's probably starving. Let's see if he still loves me. Gets dressed as a poor man. Looks in the window. Nochamo. Pita, tit, the wine. The gansamaisa dancing around along with the king. He's like, I got to go check this out. Comes inside. So, how you doing? Hey, great. How's your day? It's great. You know, I heard the king say that. You can't pay anyone else fixing things. That must be very hard for you. Like, how'd you buy this food? He goes, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I got another job. I got cleaning stables. Oh, I'll teach him a good lesson. Next night, he comes out. You're not allowed to pay anyone to clean stables, right? So the next, he comes to the stable, he wants to do the job. The guy says, no, we're not. We're. King says, he says, wow, that's so weird. Everything I do, he doesn't, he doesn't let. Like, that's so weird. He says, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to go home hungry. He's walking home. He sees a man, a rich man, chopping wood. He says, what are you doing? Why are you chopping wood? your servant? He says, my servant took the day off. And, and I, he says, I'll chop wood for you. How much would you pay? Six shekel. Fine. He says, ah. King goes by that night. Thinks the guy's starving. Sees him dancing. Says, comes in, what's going on? He says, you're not going to believe it. I got another job, chopping wood. Oh, next day, 
You can't hire anyone to chop wood. Now he's beginning, like, I don't know what's going on over here, right? So he, now he has no money. His three jobs are gone. He's on his way. He says, oh, join the army. Six shekel a day. Okay? Goes in. Joins the army. Comes a soldier. That night, the king comes back to him and says, so how'd you get food today? He goes, you're not going to believe it. I joined the army. Really? How much are they paying you? Six shekel a day. Okay. Goes to the army. The king goes back, gets dressed, tells the army, listen, from now on, we don't pay every day. We pay by the week. At the end of the week, we don't pay every day. He comes to get his money at the end of the day. The soldier, the army says, no, we can't pay you. We pay at the end of the week. Who's, who said? The king. He's like, wow, this is crazy. Okay? He's going home. He's very tzibrochen. He's very tzibrochen. What is he going to do? He, now he has no job. And he's almost home. He says, you know what? Because I joined the army, I have a sword. Right? The, the king gives out to every soldier a sword, a beautiful sword. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break off the metal of the sword sell it to, to, to the steelsmith, right? And he was very handy. And I'm going to make a sword out of wood. And I'll connect it to the handle. I'll put it in the scabbard. We're not at war. No one's going to ever know. Beautiful. So he breaks it off. He sells it. He makes the fake sword. Puts it in the scabbard. King comes that night. Right? He says, wow. What happened today? He says, oh, the king said, ah. He says, so, so how'd you, how, how do you have food? He says, listen, I want to tell you something. You got to make sure that the king never finds out. Because... <laughs> Selling your sword is punishable by death. So he says, what did you do? He says, I broke off the handle, I broke off the sword, and I sold it. And look what I did. And he pulls it out, he shows him his wooden sword. And he puts it back in. The king's like, oh man, I hope the king never finds out about this. And he leaves. He leaves. It's a very ridiculous story. He leaves. So now the king's like, now I got him. So he goes to the jail and he says, is anybody supposed to be executed in the next couple of days? He says, yes, there's an execution in two days. He says, okay, I want you to make the execution public. I want everyone to be invited to the courtyard. We're going to do the execution in the courtyard. Okay, you haven't done that in public. Okay, fine. He says, okay. He goes to the army, the head guy. He says, I want you to bring all your soldiers in for this execution. I want everyone to be there. So they all line up. They have the execution. This guy, the poor man with his sword, right? But the king, now he doesn't recognize the king. The king's now dressed as the king clean with a crown with the whole thing the king's sitting there and he points, he points to the sergeant he says you see that guy back there that older man tell him to come up here he comes up in front he says what's your name whatever his name is he says did you ever kill a man he says no he says well today you're going you're gonna to kill a man they take the prisoner they tie his hands they put his, hand on, his head on the wooden block he says okay take your sword out and chop his head off and this guy's like oh my god if I take my sword out they're going to chop my head off, right? Because it's a wooden sword. And now the king wants to see what he's going to do. So his first reaction, such a ridiculous story. His first reaction, right? All the people of the nations are there. His first reaction is to get up and say, before I take my sword out, I just want to tell you all something. I'm a poor guy. I had a job. I made six shekel a day. This king over here took away my job. Then I got another job. And this king took away that job. And then I got another job. And he took away that job. And then I got another job. And he took away that job. So you know what I had to do? I had to take my sword and sell the steel so I would have something to eat. Now let's see the king chop his head off after he told everyone what the king did to him. <coughs> but then he said to himself, if I do that, I will embarrass the king that I love in front of everybody. That he's cheap and he, he took away my living. I can't do that. Because he didn't know that the king was the old man. So like, I, I don't know why this king took all those jobs away, but he's my king. He's the guy who was dancing. He was happy about 
all of a sudden, this poor man's, and here it comes, here comes the, here comes what you're waiting for. This poor man starts to smile. The king's looking at him. This guy's ready, he's about to die when he pulls his sword out. What's he smiling about? And he says to the king, the soldier says to the king, the poor man, could I just, before I pull my sword out, could I just say something? The king's like, yeah. Now he's going to admit what happened. And he gets up, and this is what he says, godless. I'll tell you who wrote the story at the end. He says, everybody here, I want you to know that this man that's supposed to die was found guilty by three human judges. But we make mistakes. So I want to say a prayer for all of, for all of us. My king is the greatest king that ever lived. God, please protect my king. That if for some reason this man is not guilty and is really innocent, my sword, this should be a miracle, that my sword should change from steel to wood. And he pulls it out. And everyone's like, oh my, God save the king. <laughs> and everyone starts to bow down to the king. Imagine such a great king that God made such a miracle, took a steel sword, and the king's sitting there and he's like, why? 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 I took everything away from this man. Why would he do this? And he turns to this man and he says to him, in the whole country, nobody loves me like you do. Now I know that it's very real. From now on, I was the guy that came to your shack. From now on, there's no more shack. From now on, you live with me in the palace and you're next to me because there's nobody in the world that I trust more than you. Say for Mysius, from Nachman Rebreslov. Wait, it's not done. So in the end of time, we're standing here now and that's why I wanted to tell you this story. At the end of time, yes, Hashem, you took away two of our base on Migdash, you killed six million Jews, Spanish Inquisition, Crusades, we're going through such a crazy gullus with our children, with no, with shidduch crisis, with having children crisis, with cancer. Every time we got anywhere, you took it away. We got, we got, we got to Spain, we were doing well, you took it away. We got to Europe, we were doing well, you took it away. We have Eretz Yisrael, look what's going on over there. Every time we get somewhere, the king takes it away. So Rav Nachman said, at the end of time, Christ was going to have two choices. One, to turn around and point fingers. It's your fault, what we are today. Just like Adam did with, with, with Chava, it's your fault. Look what you put us through. Or, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is that the whole world knows that you're the king and you're our God. He says at the end of time, those are the only two decisions that we're going to have in front of us. Choose the right one. But here comes the godless of the whole story. What happened to the guy whose head was on the block? Because of what this guy just did, the world thinks that he's innocent. The sword turned from metal to wood. So the king has to let him go. Because if the king kills him, then the whole thing's a farce. So the king has to let him go. So this guy gets saved because of the love of the poor man for the king. At the end of time, in the times of Mashiach, there are many Jews 
that are not from, that don't even know what a Jew is. And there are many Jews that are off the derech. There are many Jews that heads are on that block and they don't deserve Olam Haba and they don't deserve the Beis HaMikdash and they don't deserve Mashiach. Their head is on the block. But if we show our love for the king and the king saves us, then to the rest of the world, if all those Jews die, then the whole thing is not true. So we have the Koyach. If we make the right decision and have the Imuna at the end of the world and don't point our finger at Hashem and say it's your fault but just the opposite it doesn't matter Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad not only will we save ourselves but we will save all of Jewry all the ones of heads are on the block the world cannot see if we are MS and we bring Mashiach they can't die because what happened to the four-fifths in, in, in Mitzrayim Hashem made Choshech Hashem made that the world, the world could not see them die. Because if he saw them die, then his whole saving us, when you saved one-fifth, big deal. Four-fifths died. So you didn't, it's not a, you didn't get out of a trium, you died of a trium. We have that kayach. And that's, that's the story from the... So I wanted to tell you this story because it's a ridiculous story that, that Reb Bessel was... That Reb Nachman wrote, it's not in his... It's in his on the out, he had the Sefer Mises, and this is the added Mises that he has in the back of the Sefer Mises. And when I read it... <coughs> Outside of that, beautiful, that when he pulled it out, it's going to turn to wood, which for me was great. What, what, what the beautiful part to me was, I'm worried about the guys whose head is on the block. I'm worried about all the guys, all the Jews in Muncie who are not connected to Hashem. I'm worried about all our brothers that are not connected. We want to watch four-fifths die? We're going to be happy if four-fifths of our brothers die? We don't want that to happen. So for us to save them, we have to show the world that we have a Muna. We will be Zaycha. We should all be saved. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.